they were planning this Disney trip for months out and like had things packed and knew everything they were going to do and all the rides they were going to ride. And I was more like, I know the park we're going to go to and what day we're going, but I'll figure out the rides and all that the day of, you know, like I'm more of a in time learning, in time doing kind of person. I have so much going on that it's like I don't want to inundate myself with too much information. So I wait until I need to know something or need to do something before I, I make it work. Welcome to the Journey to Launch podcast with your host, Jamila Souffrant. As a money expert who walks her talk, she helps brave journeyers like you get out of debt, save, invest, and build real wealth. Join her on the journey to launch to financial freedom in in five, four, three, two, one. Financial independence is not having to work for money anymore, but financial freedom is about having options. You can have financial freedom while on the journey to financial independence, and my brand new book, Your Journey to Financial Freedom, a step-by-step guide to achieving wealth and happiness, will show you exactly how to achieve that. Your Journey to Financial Freedom comes out December 5th, but you can pre-order today and get my brand new course, Firestarter, the financial independence blueprint for free to get started on how to chart your course to more money, less debt, and more freedom today. Discover how to define FI and financial freedom for yourself. Work on the FI components and the FI formula. Calculate your FI number and more with this brand new course. The program includes four video lessons taught by me, a companion workbook to help you implement the lessons, and more. You can get the course for free immediately when you pre-order one hard copy of my book, Your Journey to Financial Freedom, today. Go to journeytolaunch.com book to order the book and get your free course. If you want the episode show notes for this episode, go to journeytolaunch.com or click the description of wherever you're listening to this episode. In the show notes, you'll get the transcribed version of the conversation, the links that we mentioned, and so much more. Also, whether you are an OG journeyer or brand new to the podcast, I've created a free jumpstart guide to help you on your financial freedom journey. It includes the top episodes to listen to, stages to go through to reach financial freedom, resources, and so much more. You can go to journeytolaunch.com slash jumpstart to get your guide right now. Okay, let's hop into the episode. Hey, 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 journeyers. Welcome to the Journey to Launch podcast. I'm your host, Jamila Souffrant. I am going to be giving you a solo episode this week. I want to share a bit about my recent trip to Disney World, how much it cost, if I regret anything, you know, should we have invested that money instead? And just kind of give a recap of what we've been up to. But first, I do want to give a quick update on the book. My first book, Your Journey to Financial Freedom, a step-by-step guide to achieving wealth and happiness. I've been talking about this for a while now, guys. So I know that you know it's coming. Hopefully you know. If not, it's coming. It's officially going to hit newsstands, uh, bookstores, airports, hopefully, December 5th. That's when uh, it will be released. But because I went the traditional publisher route, creating a book takes time. There are a lot of iterations. There are a lot of people looking at it, going through it. And so while I'm recording this, I'm recording this in real time, meaning I'm recording this the day after my kid's first day of school and the day after I basically submitted my final manuscript 
to my publisher, made my last changes. I had 24 hours to look at the last round of the book. And then I had um, some time to review the back cover of all the endorsements, the amazing endorsements from my peers and what that looked like. I basically had 24 hours to look at it and approve it. Uh, So this also coincided with my kid's first day of school. So it was a very busy time. So we're in New York. So we start school early September. I know some of you guys, your kids already started in August, but we start in September. And it's just fitting that my kids would be starting school. So I'd have to be preparing for that. And as a parent, you guys know how kind of intense and all that is. And I have three of them making sure all their stuff is together and they got all the supplies they need. Then with that, dealing with, oh, I have a quick turnaround to get any edits, any final changes that I want to make, any errors I can catch would have had to get caught within that same period. And I would submit my final manuscript to my publisher. And so it was an exciting time. It is an exciting time. I'm still pretty, I feel like I'm I'm still on a little high from all of that. And I just can't wait for you guys to read what I wrote. And I truly believe that if you've listened to this podcast and you think that it's been helpful, I get messages that this podcast has changed your life or inspired you. Um, If you think that about the podcast, I want you to know that the book, I believe, is just as good, if not even better, because it puts everything together. You know, the podcast, the episodes, they range, right? In topics, they range over a span of years. And so a lot of my methodology or frameworks and the way I think or the expertise I've garnered from other people, it's burst out over a lot of information in the podcast episodes. And here you have this book that really brings it all together. Like you can find it all in this book. So the book is available for pre-order right now, yourjourneytofinancialfreedom.com. It has its own website. Shout out to Shirley T., who designed this beautiful website for me. She's done all my websites over the past couple of years. But if you go look at this website, every time I look at it, I smile. (laughs) Uh, It's so wonderful. And you can order your book from there. You can go to yourjourneytofinancialfreedom.com and then see all the other places you can order. So it's available for pre-order from Amazon, Bookshop, Barnes & Nobles, Target, Walmart, everywhere. And I do have a special bonus going on right now. So if you order one hard copy of the Your Journey to Financial Freedom book, you get my new course immediately. So you don't have to wait until December to receive the book to start working on your financial independence journey. You can get a course right now once you order the hardcover book where I walk you through how to define financial independence and financial freedom for yourself, what the components of the FI formula are and why you need to work on them, how to calculate your FI number and more. So again, you go to yourjourneytofinancialfreedom.com, you order the book, you go back to that site, and then you put in your order number and your email and you'll get the uh, course delivered to you. So I'm really excited. And from now until the end of the year, you know, I'm going to be focusing on promotion and getting the book into as many hands as possible. Pre-orders are really important. Uh, They're important because anything that I sell from now until the book is released counts as a first week sale for the book. And that counts for a lot of reasons. One, anything that's happening now, it shows the publishers, it shows retailers that this book is something that people want to read. So if it was crickets and no one's ordering from now until the book comes out, they might not print enough copies. They, it doesn't look like this is something people want to read. 
So they might shelve it or put it in the back. It doesn't get a lot of attention. But if people are pre-ordering it, it sends a signal that, hey, this is a book people are excited about. They can't wait to get their hands on it. We need to give it more attention. We need to make sure there are enough copies printed. It, it could also help with media. So then people in the media may be more inclined to interview me or talk about the book. So it's a very big deal. And so pre-ordering, that's one reason. The second reason is because everything counts as a first week sale, even though we're so many months out, it helps with getting on potentially getting on any list. So the New York Times is a, you know, moonshot <laughs> goal for me. I talk about this in the book that financial independence is a moonshot goal. It's like a big goal that you're going to try to shoot for if you're intentional about it, of course. But if you don't make it, you end up in a better place. And I feel like getting on the New York Times list is a very moonshot goal because the New York Times is part numbers. So you need to sell enough books, but it's also very uh, subjective. So there's not just about how many books you sell. It's just people can't really figure it out. There's something else behind the scenes. It's editorial. If people there like your book, it's a thing, right? And so it's not just about numbers, but it, it gives me a better chance if people are ordering it. And of course, all the other lists, like the Amazon bestseller list and Wall Street Journal, those are more numbers-based. All the sales that are happening from now until then count towards those lists. So that's why I've been, you know, harassing you guys about pre-ordering the book and I will continue to do that until you pre-order. So again, go to yourjourneytofinancialfreedom.com. You can pre-order right now. You get a free course right now once you do that. And just stay tuned because I'll be doing a lot more things and promotions up until the book is out. Now, with that said, I want to talk about my family's recent trip to Disney World. I remember going to Disney World as a child, so the one in Florida. It took me such a while to figure out the differences between the Disneyland and Disney World, even though I've been to Disney World. But I used to go quite a bit when I was a child, and that was because I had an aunt who lived in Orlando. So Disney World is in Orlando, Disneyland is in California, but I used to have an aunt that lived in Orlando. And not only did she live in Orlando, but I don't remember if she worked at a Disney World resort or she knew someone. So what would happen is I would be able to go to Orlando, stay at her house with my mom, and we'd get discounted tickets to go to Disney World. And we did that a few times. So I remember, I have core memories of going to Disney World with my mom as a child. And I knew, I knew that I wanted to have that experience with my kids. I mean, I have three of them. And... They're just like, you know, typical kids. They love rides. They love Disney. They love cartoons. They love magic. (laughs) And while they are nine, seven, and five right now, when they were born, you know, I started to think, even with my first, like, what would watch to bring them? Now, I always knew I wanted three kids. And so I figured I kind of would want to wait until I was finished having kids before I went. And because they're so close in age, you know, I didn't really want to be pregnant, planning a trip, or being at a park. But once I had my last child, Blake, it was about, okay, when's the best time to go? And I knew I wanted to wait until they were old enough. All three of them were going to be old enough to remember the experience and to have some sense, (laughs) to have some mobility, to be able to, you know, carry themselves around and not be too much pressure on me or my husband. So I knew that I wanted them to have a certain level of independence and maturity before I took them for the first time. 
Now, Disney World is free for kids under three, which is amazing. But I realized even when my daughter was three, that means my middle would have been five and then my oldest would have been seven. That 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 could have probably worked. But I, I just, you know, it wasn't worth it to me to deal with a toddler at that age. And then, you know, even if she was free. So I wanted to wait. And so also, you know, I, quite honestly, it was overwhelming to think about what planning a Disney trip would look like for a family of five. I'm the natural planner of the family. And, you know, I know a lot of women take on that role. And so with everything going on, just like professionally um, with my life, sometimes it just took a back burner. We did other things. We went on other vacations. And I knew Disney World was going to be on the list soon to go. With everything happening this year, I figured it was a good time to make it a now trip. Especially with my daughter, the youngest being five and then my oldest being nine. So I wanted him, my oldest, to have the experience too before he kind of aged out. You know, some, especially boys, as they get older, they kind of get too cool for school. Even though my sons are so jovial and immature in a way, you know, I just wanted to capture them in this moment while they could enjoy it, the oldest, and then have my youngest understand what it meant and to be able to, you know, walk on her own if when possible. So we decided that this would be the summer. I started to think about what would this look like planning it. I know I didn't want to plan it by myself. When I thought about it, it just overwhelmed me. That's why I stopped doing it or didn't even attempt two years before. But I was in my local Facebook group and I remember seeing people make mention of, oh, I went to Disney World and this person helped me and this person is the best help, help for help with planning for Disney. And so I reached out to her. Her name is Penny. So she was my Disney planner. And I, I didn't really understand the way Disney planners work, but Penny, um, Disney planners in general, they help you plan the trip and you don't pay them, but they get paid through a portion or a percentage of whatever you book as your trip. And based on just the feedback from other people, when they said that they she had helped them, I said to myself, you know what, why not have someone help me do this? Because I have no clue. I've been to Disney years ago. So I went a few times. My husband, Woody, he went once. So I remember we did a road trip when we were, we just started dating. I think that was right after our freshman year with my family. Um, we drove and that was his first time. He came with us and that was his first time to go to going to Disney World. And my sister at the time, Shayna, she was like, she was a toddler. So that might've been her first time going. And then it was also my his first time going. So going back now, like I really did not remember anything about the Disney World experience. I'm also not like a Disney head. I know there are, you know, when you go into the Disney groups, which I'll talk about in a bit, there are people who live for Disney. And so they know all the things and they go to Disney every year. And I just didn't know anything. So I was like, I need someone who's an expert who can tell me what to do or guide me. So I reached out to Penny and she was like, of course, I'll help you plan. And so it came down to when do you want to go and where do you want to stay? Like the, the basic things, like the timing of it. And I knew the end of August would be a good time because by then my kids would be out of camp. We typically visit, um, go to Atlanta in the summer now. And so I thought, you know what, why not tack on Disney after we go to Atlanta? So we set out to go to Disney the last week in, in August. We flew straight from Atlanta because we were in Atlanta for a week before that. And yeah, we were off to the races in terms of planning. All right. So we went over why we chose to wait so long <laughs> to take our kids, even not so long. I think still it's a good time. And now I want to talk about selecting the hotel, because one of the things that I was so afraid of when I started to think about Disney was how much it would cost. 
right? I'm thinking, wow, it's a family of five. I knew I wanted to stay at a Disney property. I know you can save money if you stay off of a Disney property, but it's so convenient. Um, And I wanted the Disney, the full Disney experience for them. So I figured, all right, what hotel? And we were choosing between two hotels. I think one was a contemporary, which is more of a modern hotel. And one was the Yacht Club, which is more, it feels a yacht slash beach club. It, It feels more like a resort. And the pool was very nice from pictures and what people said as reviews. So once I narrowed down those two resorts, I figured, okay, what's the vibe we want to feel? And I was like, we live in the city. I don't want to feel like I'm in a city. <laughs> I don't want to feel like it's a modern, I'm in a modern place. I want to feel like I'm at a beach. So we selected going and staying at the Disney Yacht Club, which is connected to the beach club. And they have a beautiful pool. So biggest thing too was pools. If you follow me on at Jamila Souffrant, in the summertime, we love pools. So I wanted, and I love the beach. <laughs> I love relaxing. So I just wanted that vibe on vacation. So now that we knew where we're going to stay, the timing of it all, it was time to book. And again, I got to thank Penny, who I'll actually link her Facebook page. I asked her if she had like a website, if people wanted to like reach out to have uh, her help. And she has a Facebook page. So I'll link that in the show notes where if you have questions or you want help with your Disney trip. And the other thing that's really important, apparently, with Disney is planning ahead for food. And Disney has a bunch of restaurants at each park. So, you know, the four main parks, Magic Kingdom, Epcot, Animal Kingdom, and Hollywood Studios, they have quick service places where you can just go eat randomly. You know, you're walking around and then they have a lot of restaurants, but you have to book those restaurants in advance. And some of those restaurants, they sell out or they're not going to be available when you go there. So you have to really do it in advance. And that was one of the things that really overwhelmed me at first because Penny was like, we need to, for the days that you're going to be at that park, you need to pick what restaurants or you need to have some restaurants, right? That you want to maybe go to. And so we had a bunch of restaurants that we selected. And when you do it that way, a lot of them are, you know, buffet style or prefixed. And this stuff is not cheap, okay? Because the prefixed prices for like children for like breakfast was like $39, $49 for adults. And I'm just like, my kids are going to eat like one bacon and one waffle. I'm not paying $39 for breakfast. But it was nice to understand how things worked in terms of you have to book in advance. So there's a whole like Disney world and Disney language <laughs> that you have to get like accustomed and used to. One of the things that I did, I joined um, a Disney group. I'll probably link that in the show notes too. Uh, that was helpful in just lurking a bit and understanding like how other people were doing things and seeing the people who were definitely more organized than me, right? Like they were planning this Disney trip for months out and like had things packed and knew everything they were going to do and all the rides they were going to ride. And I was more like, I know the park we're going to go to and what day we're going, but I'll figure out the rides and all that the day of, you know, like I'm more of a in-time learning, in-time doing kind of person. I have so much going on that it's like, I don't want to inundate myself with too much information. So I wait until I need to know something or need to do something before I, I make it work. And so with that, I realized, okay, we have our trip. It's booked. Let's go. So let's fast forward. That's my fast forward sound to being at Disney World. So because we flew from Atlanta to Disney, you know, family of five, like we did, we spent a lot on Ubers when we were in Atlanta in general, because we didn't have a car. And then also Ubers and Lyft. And then also when we were at Disney, you know, we had to go from the airport to the hotel and then even for food, because one of the things, ways that we did 
you know, I don't know, would necessarily save money because Uber Eats always comes up to more than you expect. We did Uber Eats a lot to the hotel room instead of buying food at the hotel. So when it came to the parks, right, we set it up and we bought something where it was four parks in four days and we bought um, tickets that way. And then we also bought tickets to the Halloween party at Magic Kingdom. So that was a separate fee. I'm going to go over how much everything cost at the end so you can tell me if, you know, if you've been to Disney before, if that if that's how much you paid or you paid less and why I think or not think that that was a bad idea that I did spend that much or we spent that much. So we we were at Disney World from Sunday to Saturday. So almost, you know, a full week. And the first day we landed, we were able to relax at the hotel, which was great, which is one of the reasons why I enjoyed staying at that hotel because it was nice to be able to relax at the pool that day we got in. And then Monday, we went to Epcot. Tuesday, we went to Hollywood Studios. Wednesday, we went to Magic Kingdom. Thursday, we went to Animal Kingdom. And then Friday, we had a relaxed day. And then later on, we went back to Magic Kingdom for the Halloween party. And then Saturday, we had a relaxed day at the hotel and pool because we left Saturday night. So we had a full week. And that was the other important thing is that I did not want this to be a rushed Disney experience. I didn't want to be there for just three or four days and try to get all the things in. One of the things, you know, in terms of if talking about tips is knowing your family or knowing yourself and what you like. And I just know my husband doesn't like to really be rushed. My kids don't like to be rushed. And I knew that if we tried to put too much into a short period of time, it would not be enjoyable. So I wanted to space it out and I wanted to have some downtime. And so it was important to us to have that week. And of course, because my husband is a teacher, doing things in the summer, even though it's more expensive in some ways, it just works because we have the time flexibility and freedom to do that. Did you know I broke out the path to financial independence into what I call five journeyer stages? That's right. There are five stages that you have to travel through to reach complete financial independence. When you know your stage, you know what to focus on and how to move on to the next stage. I created a free one minute quiz to help you determine what stage you're in. After you take the quick quiz, you'll know where you are on your financial independence journey, the main thing you should focus on, plus you'll get a curated list of 10 Journey to Launch podcast episodes to listen to that will help you for your specific stage. Go to journeytolaunch.com slash mystage right now to take the free quiz. That's journeytolaunch.com slash mystage. And so we had, you know, a good amount of time at each park. So we had a, d- a day, one day per park. Um, you know, there's an option with Disney. So this what this is what makes Disney more expensive, depending on what you do. There are options at Disney where you can do a lightning lane or go faster through the ride so you don't have to wait as long as the general admission or the general wait times. And so we did that a couple of times for the parks, which ended up to be, you know, like 20, sometimes $20 per person. So maybe like a hundred dollars for us to be able to skip some lines and get to rides faster. That was worth it to me. When I think about time and money, I rather, instead of spending one hour waiting, waiting for a ride, be able to get on in 10 minutes and spend the extra money for the five of us to do that. So we did that for a couple of parks, which made things a little bit more expensive, but was fine. You know, the other thing I was really worried about other than wait times and the kids' patience, which they did really well with, but they got kind of spoiled because some some parks 
one park, we did not do the genie pass or the lightning lane, which means you can go faster through the rides. And they were just like, can't you just do that? I'm like, you know, that costs money, right? There are not a lot of people here. We can wait. (laughs) But the other thing I was afraid of other than the wait times was the heat. So, you know, Florida is hot. Disney World is hot typically. And I had a friend who went there about a couple weeks before I did. And she was just like, it was unbearable. (laughs) Like they, uh, one day they just said, you know, let's just go back to the hotel and relax. And I was like, all right, I'm kind of scared. But, you know, we got there. It wasn't too bad. And one of the reasons probably for that was, you know, we actually went while a hurricane was looming. So we got there on Sunday and a hurricane hit, not Orlando, but it hit Florida. And so we got some, so we got some of that impact from the hurricane Adalia on the Wednesday. But it also made it so that it was rainy. So that helped a bit. Um, it was still muggy still humid, but the rain in a bit, in a way, helped with the crowds because I was concerned at one point, oh my gosh, they're going to be, you know, it's going to be really crowded and sh- or should we cancel and not go this day because it might be raining? And I, you know, I reached out to Penny. So that's the other good thing about having another person or being a part of groups is to ask questions. And I said, should we cancel or maybe go another day? And she's like, you know what? It actually may work out better for you because it may be less people. And so it was true. A lot of people were had to reschedule if they were flying in that day. And so the park wasn't as crowded. So the heat was also something we were kind of worried about. And also walking with the children. So my daughter, the first day that we um, got to a park was Epcot on the Monday. And I was a little afraid of this because I know how she is. It was so hot the first day. And she was just like, I cannot walk. She literally like sat on the floor. <laughs> So we ended up getting one of those double strollers and the kids took turns all being in it. And at some points, all three of them fit in it. And we did that for just two parks where it was really hot and they wanted some just to be able to sit. And it was easier to just pay to do that um, versus having to deal with, you know, children breaking down, crying and or being miserable because of the heat. So that's another tip I would give for parents who are traveling with small kids, even if they're not small. (laughs) even because my oldest was nine and he still wanted to sit in it. It's having somewhere to put your stuff and then just having a place for your kids to be rest, to rest because the parks are a lot and walking around are a lot. I want to go back to food because that's one of the things about, you know, Disney I talked about is all the reservations and dining. And we had a lot of reservations planned, but I ended up canceling mostly all of them because I figured, you know, I didn't want to spend, you know, like three, $400 on lunch or dinner when I know that my kids are super picky and they eat three or four things <laughs> where we can get that for much less at a quick service place. We did end up still keeping a reservation for something at Hollywood Studios called the Sci-Fi Diner, which was pretty cool. You sit in these cars. It's like a, out, it, it's, it mimics an outdoor movie theater or drive-in movie theater with cars and your table is within a car. So that was pretty cool. We kept that one. So, you know, overall, we tried to kind of save where we could, but then also we just said F it. And if it was convenience, what convenience for walking, so getting a stroller in the park or getting lightning lane passes, paying additional for that so we didn't have to wait in line, we just did it. One of the things that I knew going into this trip was that it would cost money. And so I didn't want to go into everything thinking, oh, we, you know, like, let's not do anything at all. There was just some places that we knew we wanted to spend and that it would be okay spending on. The other thing, souvenirs. So I knew I wanted to do a picture at each park, which I actually did a reel on this and Jamila Soufran. I wanted a picture of all of us with Disney ears on at each like park. So 
We did that, but I didn't want to buy the Disney ears at Disney. I didn't want to buy any souvenirs at Disney. So we bought uh, the Disney, I bought the Disney ears in advance from Amazon and, you know, saved a lot of money that way. And in general, I was able to ward off buying any souvenirs. I'm so surprised, (laughs) but we held to our, we stuck to our guns um, in not buying any souvenirs from Disney. I think the next time we go, we might give in a bit and, and get our kids something. But, you know, that's the other way we save money because all that adds up and knowing my kids and knowing how they are with their things. I'm just like, you're not, you're not going to take care of this long enough for me to spend X amount of money on it right now. The park is your souvenir. Being here is your gift. (laughs) So that was another thing that we did. One experience that we did do in addition for my daughter was, I always get this wrong, but let me try to say it. The Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique (laughs) at Magic Kingdom. And it was at first, I didn't know if I wanted to do it because essentially it's in the, it's a part, part of like the princess experience where you can go in, your son or daughter can go in and they get almost like a makeover, a Disney makeover. And they can pick a dress from the boutique. They get their hair done. They get their nails done, makeup, you know, the whole thing in a lovely little chair. It's so like cute. But when I was looking at the packages, that's another thing my Disney planner, you know, gave me a tip on. And I was like, wow, like a package, um, it ranged from 99 to like 199 And I think they had some for more. And she was like, you know, like you can choose the lowest package and just bring your own dress. You don't have to buy a dress from them because it's more money. And I was like, that's smart. And so I ended up buying a dress in advance for my daughter from Amazon. It was about $30 and it came with all the things and brought it with me to Disney. And so that was a nice surprise and they don't mind you doing that. So, you know, we chose the lowest package, $99. So she still got the experience. She still got a pretty dress and she got her nails done and her hair done. And even though I was concerned also about her hair, because I'm like, her hair is braided. What can you do to it? She still made the best of it. She got a flower crown and a pink, let me tell you something, a pink 20 inch little ponytail um, that connected to her hair. And she loved that ponytail and wore it a couple days after so I would say something like that for your child, if they are into that, is I thought it was totally worth it to do and an extra experience that we splurged on for her. All right, let's get to cost now. Let's get to breaking down how much we actually spent. I downloaded our credit card <laughs> transactions and tallied everything up. So altogether for our Disney trip, for a family of five, we spent 7947 I'm going to round that up to 8000 just because I know I forgot something or maybe something's missing from here. And that included everything. That inclu- Well, you know what? That did not include the flight. So you got to add a couple hundred for that. But that includes, you know, even the bags, the, the Uber and Lyfts to and from the airport, getting food to our hotel, basically everything. Let me break that down for you right now. So we spent 2700 on park tickets. So it was 2100, I'm just rounding right now, 2100 just for the Disney tickets for five people. And then the Disney Halloween party at Magic Kingdom is a separate price and ticket. That actually was it came up to $600. So altogether our tickets just to like get into the park was $2700. Our hotel was also about $2700 and you know that was staying from the Sunday to Saturday. And then everything else. So I did not break down between what was like food 
versus transportation versus, you know, lightning lane passes and but everything else, all incidentals came up to about twenty five hundred. So rounding all that up, our Disney trip cost us eight thousand dollars. I wasn't preparing for this. I text my husband and I said, you know how much we spent for at Disney? Eight thousand. And he said, that's a hefty amount. <laughs> And it is, you know, but I I realized that that was going to be how much we were going to spend when I started to loosely think about Disney years ago. I think I had went on and I did say, okay, how much is uh, staying at a hotel? How much is staying at uh, or getting the tickets? And I was like, wow, it's about to be an eight to $10,000 trip for a family of five. And that's based on it doing it our way. One of the things I talk about in the book, Your Journey to Financial Freedom, is guac levels. I'll do another episode about this and guacamole levels. And it's meant to basically allow yourself to understand the type of lifestyle that you want to live and and the levels to, you know, spending and luxury or no luxury. I know that there are people, families of five, who spend a lot less when they go to Disney or are able to cut costs, whether they get discounts or, you know, they, they time it so things are cheaper. But based on convenience for us and the way we wanted to experience Disney, our trip cost 8000 Now, I'm sure there are ways in which we could have saved more money. You know, I don't think that Disney will be a reoccur- every year trip for us <laughs> like some people do. For me, I feel like it could be something we do another two or three years. But this was worth it to us. Now, for fun, I did put in how much, like I did a calculation because I just can't help myself of if we did not spend $8,000 on Disney, if we put it in an investment account and left it there, how much it would grow to. And when I did the calculation, putting $8,000 in, let's just say any like retirement account or investment account, and if it has an 8% return in 10 years, that money would have grown to about $17,700 in 10 years. And in 20 years, that $8,000 could grow to 39000 And that's at an 8% growth rate. So if we did not, theoretically, if we did not spend the 8000 to do Disney and we invested that instead, we could have had in 20 years, $39,000. Now, honestly, <laughs> when that number it doesn't make me regret one thing um, about spending the money that we did now because money, especially when you are able to use it responsibly and you're secure and it's not deterring from, and the decisions you make with your money are not keeping or holding you back from a life that is secure and a life that you love, that this is the purpose of money. This is why I work. This is for me, money well spent. Now, of course, you know, when I think about, hmm, that could have been a down payment for a car <laughs> or something else. Sure, that that it could have been used in other places. There are opportunity costs with everything that you do when it comes to your time, energy, and money. But for us, this was one of the best ways we could have spent this 8000 because our kids and us, we had such an amazing time. Disney is a very magical place. And while it's very a smart place because uh, they know how to take your money, <laughs> and know how to market to use very, I mean, you can do a whole episode on just like the business of Disney World, okay? I believe that it's just an experience I wanted for my kids to have. And, you know, again, I don't know how many times we're going to go back to Disney, but I know that they are going to remember it. My five-year-old, seven and nine-year-old, this is something that's going to be a core memory for them. 
And so when you're thinking about this for yourself, you know, whether it's Disney or spending money on another vacation or trip or something in your life that maybe is going to cost a few thousand dollars or a lot of money, I want you, one, to make sure that you're in a financial place that you can do that where it does not deter you or hold you back further. So I talk about guacamole levels and lifestyle levels. And yes, we could have spent less. So there's a way to scale back and spend less in certain areas if there's something you want to do. But also the journeyer level, which is another thing I talk about a lot in the book too, is where you are on your journeyer stage. And so being in an earlier stage in your financial independence or journey may require that you hold off on doing certain things to the fullest extent, you know, to the fullest like luxury extent that you want. And if you do choose to do it, that's fine. It's your life. It's your world, your money. You just understand the trade-off for that. It may keep you in debt longer. It may keep you working at that job you don't like longer, right? And if it's worth it to you to take that trip, then do it. But understand that there is a trade-off. And there's also a way in which you can forward plan and think about the things you want to do in your life. And so if Disney is a trip you want to take or another type of trip or buy that car or house, why don't you start thinking ahead to how that can work in the future for yourself and how to start saving up for that. And so it's really important as you think about what your life looks like, what your journey looks like. I'm not one for delaying all fun, delaying all experiences until the perfect time I mean, there's a smart time. Like for me, the smart time was to go when my kids were at the age where I felt like they could remember it. But the perfect time, there is really no perfect time. I was in a very busy season with the book. You know, I was in the middle of right before we went on our and left for Atlanta, the revisions before the last revisions I had to send in were due. Right. And so I could have easily said, you know, it's not a good time. Like I had the book is coming out. I need to focus on marketing and planning. But my kids will only be this age once. And I try to balance what we do with them and how it relates to our goals and giving them experiences, not to our detriment where we can't pay our bills or it's it's causing friction between our lifestyle and goals and then our financial independence goals. But how can we compromise? So yes, we can go to Disney and we can enjoy it in this way, but we're not going to do every single thing. We're not going to go to every single restaurant. You know, we're not going to buy that souvenir. And so there are things that we say no to, but there are things that we full heartedly say yes to because we want them to have that experience. And so if you are a, whether parent or non-parent, and you're thinking about how to look forward and plan for big experiences in your life or things that are going to cost money, you know, some tips that I have for you is one, take your time. While yes, time is fleeting, time also is here. And you, you want to make sure that you're doing your research. So I'm so grateful to Penny who helped plan um, or at least give me, point me in the right direction when it came to what to do with Disney. And so join those Facebook groups. You know, there are a million of them <laughs> that talk about the thing you want to do or do that research. You know, I did a, a, a bunch of Google searches when I had the time on the hotels, like what's the vibe of this hotel? Which pool was better, right? To get me to understand what I want to do. Should we stay at a offsite? hotel versus on-site hotel for Disney. Those are the kind of things I thought about. And ultimately, you're going to be the only one who makes the decision and is impacted, you and your family, your immediate circle, with the money decisions you make, 
and the life decisions you make, right? And so you want to make sure that you are thinking them through and being financially responsible, but also remembering that this is the reason for money. It is to enjoy your life once you've set yourself up financially. So that was my Disney recap. I'm going to hopefully, by the time this episode comes out, do maybe like a little reel showcasing some of our just fun moments. But other than that, if you want to follow me, I'm on Instagram at Journey to Launch and then at Jamila Souffrant. The new book, Your Journey to Financial Freedom, comes out December 5th, but you can order right now. Get a really cool bonus by doing that right now by going to yourjourneytofinancialfreedom.com. And yeah, let me know if this episode resonated with you. If you are a Disney head, you go to Disney every year and how you save money. Maybe I need to do like bring an expert on to talk just about how to like save money on Disney. <laughs> let me know. Tag me if you're listening. And until next week, keep on journeying, journeyers. Don't forget, you can get the episode show notes for this episode by going to journeytolaunch.com or click the description of wherever you're listening to this. And you can still grab your jumpstart guide for free to help you on your journey to financial freedom by going to journeytolaunch.com slash jumpstart. If you want to support me and the podcast and love the free content and information that you get here, here are four ways that you can support me and the show. One, make sure you're subscribed to the podcast wherever you listen, whether that's Apple Podcasts, that purple app on your phone, your Android device, YouTube, Spotify, wherever it is that you happen to listen, just subscribe so you are not missing an episode. And if you're happening to listen to this in Apple Podcasts, rate, review, and subscribe there. I appreciate and read every single review. Number two, follow me on my social media accounts. I'm at Journey to Launch on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And I love, love, love interacting with journeyers there. Three, support and check out the sponsors of this show if you hear something that interests you. Sponsors are the main ways we keep the podcast lights on here. So show them some love for supporting your girl. Four, and last but not least, share this episode, this podcast with a friend or family member or coworker so that we can spread the message of Journey to Launch. All right, that's it. Until next week, keep on journeying, journeyers. Journeyers.